Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the 28th day of September 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a lovely night in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder, Jock Peterson. Well, folks, we are here. It is episode number 1436. 1436. And I'm outside in Palo Alto knowing that the baseball season is really five games. There's five games left. Now, I was really, really hoping to have this be a Red Sox celebration podcast, that the Red Sox clinched the division with their victory over the Yankees. But, alas, the Red Sox, they had a crap game from David Price, and quite frankly, uh, that made me kind of nervous because it's been an up-and-down year for Price. He's had some points in this season where he looked absolutely like the ace that everyone thought he was going to be. But for a big chunk of the season, he was thoroughly mediocre. Remember, the first half of the season, the ace was really Stephen Wright, not David Price. And when Wright is good, then Price is really the number three because Porcello should be the number one starter come the postseason. Price has had some outstanding games. There's no getting around it, but he's also had some clunkers. And today was one of those days where he just, he just let up too many homers. He let up a crap load of homers today. <clears throat> now, in the end, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because the Red Sox are going to, in the last five games, they're going to win at least one game or Toronto's going to lose one game. And even if Toronto sweeps Baltimore and the Yankees sweep the Red Sox, the Red Sox are going to face Toronto head-to-head and they're going to win one of those games. The Red Sox aren't going to lose out. Okay? That's not going to happen. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty safe to make that prediction. <clears throat> but, you know, it didn't happen on Tuesday. Maybe it will happen on Wednesday. And who do the Red Sox have going? The Red Sox have going uh, against the Yankees. Uh, they have, what do they have? I thought they have Buckles. Buckles versus someone named Mitchell. Joe Don Baker as Mitchell. Um, so, you know, Buckles has pitched well recently. The, the nice thing about the Red Sox is I heard that, you know, Pomerantz is going to be sent to the bullpen. The nice thing about the Red Sox is if Price pitches okay, then you know they have Porcello, you know they have Price, you know they have Eduardo Rodriguez who's pitched quite well, and you know Buckles has pitched a lot better recently. Now, it would be nice if Stephen Wright came back, but Pomerantz is going to essentially be a reliever. Look, at, the American League is a complete crapshoot at this point. And at this point, you got to basically say, you know, just win your games, get in, and you have a shot. I mean, look me in the eye and tell me with Toronto's offense and with some of the talent they have in their pitching staff that they couldn't be the wild card winner and go on to win the World Series or at least go on to win the pennant. Of course they could. So it's just get in. 
and get in and avoid that damn wild card game so you can line up your pitching staff and not have a one and done. Which leads me to the, one of the main things I want to talk about today. I've talked about this before, but I received a uh, tweet about this, and I decided not to have this be the Sunday request. And I'm going to do it here on a Wednesday, a rare Wednesday request, mainly because I know exactly what the Sunday request is going to be. I got a Sunday request from um, John Ingle, whose uh, Twitter handle is offkiltercomps. He says, what do you think about hangover lineups the day after clinching a playoff spot when you're facing a team that's still in the race? Now, I'll tell you what that's about. There have been a couple of times this year, this year specifically, and we saw one on Tuesday night, that a team clinches their, their division, and they basically send out a, their, their junior varsity squad the next day. And we saw what happened when Cleveland won the division the other night. And then on Tuesday, the Indians wound up playing the uh, Detroit Tigers, and they got whumped, 12 bagel. I mean, it was just, it, was, it wasn't, even, wasn't even close. And the, the lineup that Tito Francona put together for the Cleveland Indians was, well, let's face it, not good. It was not a good lineup that they put together. You saw the same thing happen when the Rangers clinched the pennant. And I think, I don't remember, they, did they do it against Houston? Well, whomever they did it against, they, the next day, they basically put a minor league team out there. And, you know, got, <clears throat> actually Texas, I believe, wound up winning. But the, you know, the, the Indians got whumped. And if the Red Sox clinched, you know, whenever the Red Sox clinch, I assume that Farrell is going to put out a, you know, send out the JV squad. You know, the Dodgers did the same. You know, the Dodgers put out, they clinched the division, and, you know, they're not going to play all their starters. And there is that element of the hangover lineup. It's like, okay, they're going to essentially have a minor league team. Now, <clears throat> where the question came about on this tweet is, basically, is that fair when the team you're playing is competing for a division? Like, you know, the Indians clinch the division, but the Tigers are in it big time. Biggity, big, big time. As of right now, as I'm recording this, the American League wildcard has uh, the, the Tigers are one game out. And, you know, uh, one game out in both the win-loss column. The Seattle Mariners are two games back of Baltimore. And while that's not a, you know, that's not a huge margin with five games left, <clears throat> let's face it, time is kind of running out on the Seattle Mariners. Their loss tonight was kind of a brutal loss. So really, the Detroit Tigers are the one team that could really disrupt the American League wildcard chase. It looks like Toronto's going to be one of the two wildcard teams. But Detroit, Baltimore could go either way. And Baltimore has their hands full with Detroit. They look over, and uh, Baltimore has their hands with Toronto, I'm sorry. And Detroit is playing, uh, uh, is basically playing the Cub Scouts. Is that fair? Is that fair that just because the Indians clinched the division that they're taking the foot off the pedal a little bit? And the answer to that question is absolutely it is. Absolutely it's fair. I have absolutely zero problem with the Cleveland Indians, you know, with everyone else hungover, putting in a bunch of minor leaguers, 
to play the Tigers, even though the Tigers are a contending team and these games are accentuated. Why? Because the Indians are not in the business of helping the Orioles, the Tigers, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners. They are their own team. They are not in cahoots with anybody. Who, if you're the Indians, why do you care? It's nothing to do with the integrity of the game. It's nothing to do with the integrity of the competition. Because they've, this is what you've earned. This is one of the things that works. <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that works with the current wildcard system is the idea that it is a reward to win the division. It is better to win the division than it is to be a wildcard team. Because the wildcard team, if the Tigers get in and they wind up facing, <coughs> let's say, this, well, let's say it's Detroit versus uh, Toronto, then Toronto's got to you know, burn like Estrada and the Tigers have to burn Verlander. And whichever team wins, they've already used their best starter. They can't use their best starter in game one of the division series. And assuming that Kluber isn't hurt, they would, you know, they would face the either Cole Hamels, Rick Porcello, or Corey Kluber in game one of the division series. Putting you on your putting you on your heels. And basically, that's why you try to win the damn division. That's something that's part of the goal. And you're the Cleveland Indians who have had a crap load of injuries, including some that aren't going to come back. They're not going to get Carlos Carrasco back. They've had their, their outfield has been completely banged up. They're not going to get Danny Salazar back. And with all the injuries and all the, the, the hardship that this team has gone through to clinch with about a week to spare, uh, if, if Terry Francona wants to send them all to Club Med, that's his right. Absolutely that's his right. That's what you try to do. And in fact, you're going to see something quite interesting this weekend. Now, at one point this year, when the Dodgers and the Giants were neck and neck, the final weekend of the series being a, between L.A. and San Francisco probably looked like it was going to be an NL West showdown. Well, as it stands right now, it's still going to be a very interesting series because the wild card, as I'm recording this, is three teams separated by one game. One game in the loss column separate the 84 and 74 Mets, the 83 and 74 Giants, and the 82 and 75 Cardinals. The Giants are one game ahead of the Cardinals, tied in the loss column with the Mets. And of course, the Mets, they lost Steven Matz, they've already lost DeGrom, they've already lost Harvey. You know, they, they only, the only pitcher they seem to have left is Syndergaard. Yeah, how they're staying, how they're hanging on is anyone's guess. And if the Giants were merely mediocre the second half of this season, they'd be running away with a wild card at this point. But they're not. They're hanging on by their toenails, as are the St. Louis Cardinals, who continue to hit the snot out of the ball. 
all three of those teams won tonight. And as we go into that final weekend, as we go into the final weekend, on starting on Friday, the, uh, the Mets are going to play the Phillies. Now, the Phillies are going to go all out. They have nothing left to play for. They got no reason to do anything but feel their best players and go for it. And I'm sure the Phillies are a division rival with the Mets. And while, you know, I'm sure this means more to the fans than to the players, the idea of you're not going to clinch on our field, our divisional rival. The Cardinals are going to be, where the hell are the Cardinals going to be? Where did I, did I miss the Cardinals? Cardinals will be playing baseball, right? The Cardinals, this is riveting podcasting for you, but I've lost track of where the hell the Cardinals are going to be playing. The Cardinals are playing the Pirates. Now, the Pirates have been a huge disappointment this year, but they got a ton of very good players still on that team, and I'm sure they would like to not have the Cardinals clinch on their watch. Meanwhile, the Dodgers are going to be playing the Giants, and the Dodgers won't give a crap. We've, I've made this point already, but think about this. The Dodgers could very well look at this playoff and say, are we the team that could topple the Cubs? Think about this for a second. If the Washington Nationals were at full strength with Wilson Ramos healthy, with Steven Strasburg healthy, with their staff, everyone healthy and everyone firing on all cylinders, then I think the Washington Nationals would have a actually a very good chance of winning the National League pennant over the Chicago Cubs. But they're not. They're banged up. And by the way, the Nationals have every right to phone it in the last couple of weeks and rest everyone. But L.A., <clears throat> with all the money, with all the attention, with all the pressure to be a championship-caliber team, and the fact that it has resulted in this recent run has resulted in a grand total of one trip to the National League Championship Series, and that was because Freddie... Uh, Gonzalez had a brain fart as the manager of the of the uh, Atlanta Braves in 2013, and didn't bring Craig Kimbrell in with a series on the line. Because of that, the Dodgers went and actually won a playoff series before getting whumped by the Cardinals in the NLCS. Well, in the last bunch of years, the yeah, the Cardinals beat them again in 2014, and then the Mets upset them last year in the division series. This is. Time, you know, this is time for the Dodgers to think, are we going to win a pennant or not? And as great as the Cubs are, you could take a look at this Dodger team, especially with Kershaw back, and say, wait a minute, Kershaw could beat anybody. Yeah, yeah, I know, he's had some rough times in the postseason sometimes, but still, <clears throat> hand the ball to Kershaw, and that's probably a win. And if you win one of those first two games... If you get past the Washington Nationals, it winds up being Cubs-Dodgers. It's possible that the Dodgers could go far. But they have to have their team rested and ready and healthy and being able to take on a very tough Washington team. And if they beat them in all probability, assuming the Cubs are going to win the division series, a brutally hard Cubs team, that Dodger team had better be at full strength. And if you think for a nanosecond... Dave Roberts is going to risk anything, 
anything that would get in the way of winning that pennant. All I got to do, I've made this point before, I'll bring it up again. The kid Stripling, is that his name, was throwing a no-hitter, a no-hitter into the eighth inning. And Dave Roberts lifted him. Rich Hill was throwing a goddamn perfect game. And he lifted him because he knew Stripling's arm had Tommy John surgery recently and he didn't want to push it. And he knew that the blisters that affected Rich Hill's fingers would be, if those came back, it would mean missing a start or two. And it was more important, the big picture, rather than the individual glory of a no-hitter, Dave Roberts is a big picture guy. Now, if he would take a rookie and take away a rookie's chance to throw a no-hitter, and a guy who has resurrected his career from the, from the bottom of the sea, like Rich Hill, and removed his chance to throw a, comp- a perfect game because of blisters and an arm, do you think that he would give two craps about upsetting the Giants? He's already in. Dave Roberts has larger fish to fry. And if that means not throwing Clayton Kershaw or throwing him for like a tune-up for a couple innings and then sitting him, then of course he's going to. He doesn't care, nor should he. The Dodgers have earned the right to do whatever they want. They don't owe the Giants, Mets, or Cardinals a damn thing. And mind you, it probably won't even come down to them even playing one of those teams. So I have no problem. You win the division, that's, you've earned that. Done. It's over. Move along. Move along. That is part of the spoils. Because, do you remember when last year, you had the, the Mets won the division, but the wild card was between the uh, Yankees and the Astros. Do you remember the teams that the Yankees and Astros beat along the way? Do you remember the, the last weekend? Do you remember? No, I don't either. I don't either. Because the teams they played were just the teams they played. It matters who got in. You're in, then you can line everything up the way you want. Imagine, just imagine, if Dave Roberts went for it big time to knock it, to to stick it to the Giants. Imagine if he did that and Hill's blisters came up, Kershaw got hurt, some other combination of something awful happened because the team was pushing it a little too hard, and then they went into the postseason and like, oh, man, we're not even at full strength, and then whoomp, another division series and out. If they're going division series and out again in 2016, you're darn right it's going to be with a team at full strength. That's why you win the division. So to answer your question, I have no problem with it. 
If you've earned it, you've earned it. Now, if your team is out of it, the Pirates better go full out because they got nothing left to play for except to upset the Cardinals. The Phillies better go all out because they have nothing left to play for but the Mets. I have a big problem if the Phillies just play a bunch of minor leaguers. I have a big problem if the Pirates play a bunch of minor leaguers because those teams have nothing else to play for except to keep the level of the play high. they got to be playing everybody. Don't be resting anyone at this point. At the, you got three games left. At the, they'll fight a weekend of the season. You've got the rest of the, you got the whole off season to get rested. They better be going first to third on a hit and playing all out, because they've got nothing left to play except to end the season with a little bit of pride. But the Dodgers, they've got a lot more to play for. It's called a legacy. So hopefully that answered your question. I'm going to be doing a different Sunday request later on. Hey, um, probably on Sunday is when I'm going to pull it off. Uh, who owned baseball? Uh, a couple of Tigers owned baseball. Justin Verlander had a great game. And Miguel Cabrera, he owned baseball with a, with a huge day that he, he um, got on base four times. He drove in five. And by owning baseball, he may have clinched it. He may get the highest who owns baseball total of the year for American League batters. I don't think he's the MVP, but he may get the highest WAB total. Uh, Matt Moore pitched great for the Giants, uh, striking out 11 Rockies. And Hunter Renfro got uh, two homers and drove in seven as the Padres beat the Dodgers, not that the Dodgers care. Uh, no pitchers got half wobs. Eduardo Escobar got on base three times and got a homer, but the Twins lost to Kansas City. And Joey Votto went three for five with a homer, but the Reds lost to St. Louis. So if you're keeping score at home, Justin Verlander, Matt Moore, Miguel Caprera, and Hunter Renfro got full wops, half wops to Eduardo Escobar and Joey Votto. Go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 28th day of September 20. 16. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and I'm going out at full speed, and you can call me Sully.